Hey everyone, it's Chris. And Jonathan. And jo- <laughs> She's too busy scruffing over no, there to pay attention trying, to what we're doing. I was trying to do something <laughs> relative to the podcast. All right. Well, uh, I insist that we do this episode on Queer Eye because I recently like binge watched the entire thing. And me, despite being a heartless, emotionless automaton, was a quivering puddle of tears. It's queer through, eye through for this entire eye? for everyone's eye now, oh, which I also love. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was doing. I was not scruffing. I was trying to look for the theme song. <laughs> yeah. All ten seconds of All it. All ten seconds of it. No, I I really have come to love this show, and I really wanted to do an episode on it because uh, it's important to queer culture. I've learned how to dress better as a result. I've learned to have emotions as a result. And yeah. you, you've learned how to take care of yourself as a result. I've learned that self-care is the most important care. Yeah, it's very important. But no, it's it's a fantastic show. Obviously, go watch it because you won't know what the fuck we're talking about before we get into it. Uh, but also, you should watch it because it's great. But go watch it and then come back and listen to us talk about how amazing Queer Eye is. Now on Netflix. <gasps> Netflix, yay! Yay! Queer Eye for the come in your eye. <laughs> Wait, that's not it. <laughs> start to watch in like one of the original episodes this morning i couldn't get through it yeah i was gonna say did you at least like try and watch one or two of them because i did i did look it up and i was like i can't do this (laughs) (laughs) it's so dated i know yeah we'll 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 get into it tv from that era just doesn't hold up well (laughs) it just really doesn't especially reality tv yeah like oh oh yeah when you've seen the the newer better version she's like i can't i can't do this this is this is terrible like Wait, did you watch the original Queer Eye? Yeah. You did? Yeah. Wait, because when it was on, it was on like... We were in high school, I want to say. I remember when that show was on, but I never watched it. Also, this was like me being like sub-proto-gay at that point. Like I wasn't even yet proto-gay. I was just like occasionally like watching a bit of gay porn on my laptop and be like, oh, whatever. Just it's, not, it's, not, it's just a just little bit. Just dabbling in a little bit of it's porn. It's just a little bit here and there, you know. Uh, yeah, that was way before my time, but I did sit down to watch the original Queer Eye this morning and I just couldn't do it. I, my mom was into it. Okay. I think at that point, like my fa- I was either out or my family already kind of like knew did, I was gay. Yeah, they piece it together. And so like gay TV at that time was very sparse. It was like Will and Grace. Queer as Folk would have been around folk. that same time. Yeah. Um, Queer Eye, and then maybe like one or two other things that I'm not really thinking of at the moment. Yeah, I can't but think of anything else. Like it was but very, like the very big sparse. three. Yeah, because I've also seen a bit of Queer as Folk, and again, it just TV of that time feels very dated. Yeah, but the softcore porn element of it is still very good. I mean, it, it like <laughs> no, that was good. I was like, okay, I kind of what's going on here. It's I was like, like the storylines don't hold up, but the sex scenes do. Yeah, it's like okay, everyone looks like they're in a boy band. Uh, but it's like, I think at least movies of that time were like of the highest production possible. Well, and also keep in mind, like Queer as Folk was like the first of its kind. Oh, yeah. And we only say that now being, having seen like a th- way better things. Yes, we've gotten much better, was, much it, better things since then. It was then. super groundbreaking at its time. And like no one was talking about like, you know, surrogates and, you know, dealing with. A partner who's positive and stuff yeah. like that, and that was all like very revolutionary. Right, at the time. it was like super groundbreaking, and I, I can I can appreciate all of its groundbreakingness. But I watch and I just go like, but it's hard to look back and yeah, be like, I'm like this is in standard def. It's in four. <laughs> it's in it's in four three. Like what what is this nonsense? Like the music is always terrible. Like everyone is in like really baggy, terrible fitting clothes. And this is for both Queer Eye and for like Queer as Folk. But I, like, I'm just watching this going, I just Carson can't. Cressley in the old Queer Eye has that terrible ponytail. Oh my God. I also found him really grating like immediately. He's, he's super great on, he, he judges drag race now. Okay, see, I can see that working really. And he's really, super good at that. I can see that working very, no very well. Yeah. Well, but I also think just 
I mean, does anyone look back at the early 2000s and ever go like, that was a good time for all of us? Like, it really wasn't. Like, no one no one looked good at that time. No one presented well. I it's think all it was, terrible. Well, maybe it was that, that time period where, like, we, we were all just, like, getting into the 90s and everyone had assumed that the 2000s were going to be, like, super futuristic. So it was yeah. this weird thing of, like, trying to be, like, very ultra modern and mm -hmm. also holding on to the 90s. What, like, <laughs> watching both... Uh, queer as folk and the original queer art just reminds me of the gas station scene in Zoolander. Okay. Like everyone in both, like because they're all just like the most generically like now we refer to as like CW handsome white people who look like the models from that scene. If I at least recall, at least in that scene, like there's some diversity thrown in there. Yeah. There was none of. But I think it's part of the problem too is that now with the new queer eye, it's just so much more polished. Well, and. And I, I also remember when it came out because, like, suddenly a lot of the guys at school started actually, like, caring about how they presented themselves. Which everyone should. Which I, one, was, like, found it odd that they were watching Queer Eye. Yeah. But, two, I was, like, suddenly everyone just had frosted tips and, like, nice shirts and, like... It's goddamn frosted tips. I was just, like, what is going on? <laughs> like, I... At that time, I would have had like more or less like a bowl cut or like slightly styled, and it looks terrible. I will still take that over ever having had frosted tips, which I thankfully never did. Never had frosted tips in my entire life. Never wanted to be the uh, the music leader at a church. Yeah, I didn't go to church. Like even even at what? Although four, for you, it wouldn't 14? matter because you're blonde anyway. Yeah, I mean, I'm like it would be ridiculous. <laughs> like, wait, did you frost your tips? Really can't tell. Like they're spiky as fuck, which I did have a little bit of the spikiness going we on. We all did, <laughs> but we all had never that had hair glue somewhere. But no, like I, I at that age, I already hated going to church. Like I hated going to church as a child. I was like, I don't want to. We're we're done doing this, and we stopped doing it. Thankfully, I was like never in church. Like that was the beginning of me being very uncomfortable in a church, <laughs> which still exists to this day. I feel like you'd be comfortable even if you weren't gay, though. <laughs> Yeah, this is like, again, I was like sub-proto-gay. I wasn't <laughs> even aware of my gayness. I was like, this feels uncomfortable. Something here is off. Yeah. I like, and for me, like, I I had learned style because I started reading GQ. I blame Devil Wears Prada for mine because I read Devil Wears Prada, and that's where I was like, I should probably we, get a sense of style. Mm, do we say blame or credit when it comes credit, to... Credit, I think, I I think Yeah, I think we credit the Devil Wears Prada. But like, yeah... And then, like, I see some of the advice that's being given. I'm like, why? That's not... No. <laughs> Wait, on the original on one? On the original one. Yeah. I, I think that the... I've been very impressed with the new one. People have been telling me for a long time, oh, you got to watch Queer Eye. It's so good. And I've always been very averse to unscripted television. I just don't like it. I think I never really watched it. And then just the general concept of, like, the Kardashians and all that bullshit, which has nothing to do with Queer obviously, just put me off from unscripted in general. I was, but this is so good. I was super adverse to it because I, for me, I was like, haven't we moved past this? Haven't mm -hmm. we moved past this like concept of gay men being these purse puppies that are here to like magically wave their fairy godmother wand and like make straight people's lives like better and tidy them up? Yeah. And, like, because that was my perception. Just Marie Kondo that yeah, shit. Like Marie Kondo that <laughs> and like reel that shit in real quick. Yeah. Like, I'm like, I, are we still giving frosted tips to them? Is that what this show is going to be? <laughs> I was super nervous that that was, I'm like, why are we redoing this show? Like, yeah. Why do we still need it in this day and age? And I do like that. On What I do like is that like, it's become so much less about like style and blah, blah, blah. And like getting people shit together. And it's just kind of like become about just being kind to different people. Yeah. And I'm like, we kind of need that. <laughs> yeah, it's. I think that's why I got into it so quickly, is it really is all about being very positive. Like, you look at the way Tan approaches doing stuff with fashion, and he's not there, and like, like he'll, he'll play it up a little, like, oh my God, this is hideous, but the way he does it always comes off as, like, very, very, like, lovable and charming. But he's basically just going, like, look, here's how we can dress you so you feel good about yourself. Like, here's how you can dress so that you're going to look in the mirror and think you look nice and to feel positive about yourself. And I, I just, I like that mentality shift. And I, I just I, hate that fucking French tuck. I cannot stand I, it. Thank you. I can't do it either. It looks good on some people. I've I, tried it. I can't do it. I did it once out of curiosity. I'm like, it looks like I just got lazy halfway through tucking the rest of my shirt. In. Yeah. Like I, I don't, yeah, I don't know how you make it work. Like a friend of mine can do it very well. I can't. I've tried. It just doesn't look good. I don't know if you have to have just very well fitted shirts. I don't know if, 
you have to be just like very lean and that's why it works. I don't know. I like I I don't think so because that's like I don't think I look fat or anything. No, I'm just like I'm like it looks to me it looks sloppy. It does, yeah. It does look just kind of sloppy. Yeah, but I mean, I've listened to like pretty much everything else. I now have um, this fantastic bomber jacket I'm wearing all the time. I have introduced more like patterned shirts into my wardrobe. I have these fantastic all white shoes, which are a bitch to keep clean. Honestly, I love the, them. The only person I listen to in that entire show is Jonathan Van Ness because. God, he's amazing. He and the is funny thing is, hilarious. That was sort of the thing that had gotten me to like, kind of like perked me up when it came on mm-hmm. is because I recognized him because I had already been watching Gay of Thrones I just, for the longest time. I just watched the final season of Gay of Thrones. Like as I've been watching Game of Thrones, I've been watching it. It is fucking hilarious. Yeah. Also, who would have thought like Gabrielle Union, like MVP of that season of Gay oh, of Thrones. Yeah. Like. They had full-on comedians on there. She comes on. It was the funniest one of all of them. Oh, it was so good. And she does the whole, like, bring it on chant, too, which I thought was amazing. (laughs) I was like, I was not expecting this of you. Also, we need more Gabrielle Union. She has not aged since like no, 2003 like You've she is seen bring it on though right yes i love bring it okay. on it's, a, it's <laughs> bring it on is a brilliant brilliant satire like i mean come on the rancho carne toros oh yeah it's genius <laughs> <laughs> and it is it is such a progressive feminist film no it is it, it's unfortunately one of those films that has then become part of a franchise that just very quickly dissolved into self-parody. Yeah, and the original has gotten completely kind of like yeah. discredited. And exactly. Away. Like no one, like people forget that like, oh no, like that movie in of itself was like actually really, really genius and incredibly smart and very and sharp and super topical. And then it just now, that's like bringing on three is just like more just stupid, banal cheerleader drama. Bringing on four, been brought in on much harder. <laughs> I'm like, what? Still bringing it. Wait, along those lines, have you ever seen, um, Oh, it's the male cheerleading movie. Cameron's going to hate me for totally blanking on the name right now. Isn't it like F.U. or something like yeah, that? Yeah, Fired Up. Fired Up. Have you seen That's Fired Up? I, no, I remember the advertisements. <laughs> Honestly, genius, that movie. Like, it totally hangs on the chemistry of those two leads, but they are so fucking funny through it. Again, like, that's a movie that should be terrible. It is actually genius. Is it a bunch of gay jokes? Um, I haven't watched it in a while. I don't remember it being... Because I felt like it was just going to be really? like super bad with guys be, trying to be like male cheerleaders. No, if, from what I remember about it is it was much more kind of like a comment on toxic masculinity. I mean, oh. I, don't, I don't know if I'm applying like a modern filter to a movie that I haven't seen in years. Um, but no, because like the whole concept is like two football players decide they're going to go to cheer camp instead of football camp so they can pick up women. Mm-hmm. And of course, like there's successful at it, but then all the things you expect to happen happen, like one of them falls in love and all this other stuff. Uh, but just like the cast of characters around them is really funny. And I think it's, it's at least directed, if not also written by Will Gluck, who did Easy A. Oh yeah. And the actress who plays the young Emma Stone in Easy A plays this like hilarious sister character and fire it up. Oh, now I'm interested. It's real. We'll watch it. We'll watch it. We'll do an episode on it. We'll have Cameron guest. <laughs> Our first straight guest. Um, it's it's really fucking good. Uh, but no, like, so I, I think Jonathan Van Ness is such an interesting character on that show, though, because I remember before ever before I watched the show, I would see photos of them at the Emmys. Mm-hmm. And he showed up at the Emmys and, like, his long hair, full-on beard, and then basically, like, wearing, like, a dress. And I was like, who is this person? What's going on? It's just all kind of weird. And he's so much. At first, it seems like a lot. But then very quickly, like, oh, he's just so funny and fun and effervescent and energetic. And I adore him. Bravo and effervescent. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yes. I think it's a, it's a very good word. I know. Occasionally, I'm not a fuckhead. You know, it's like one of those words where you just pull it out and you're like, oh, wow. <laughs> I'm glad you pulled it out. It'd be very ostentatious of me to do it myself. Yeah. You know, it's not like me pulling out words like kerfluffle. Kerfuffle? Yeah. Just sounds like I have like a stroke mid sentence. I mean, I love the word kerfuffle, though. I know, but people are like, what? <laughs> it's an underused word. Uh, one of my also favorites is kludgy. Oh, wow. Yeah, which is kind of like a clusterfuck. It's like a little bit of a mess. It's kind of an old person term. My dad uses it a lot. I love it. I love a kludgy bring mess. It back. I'm bringing it back. You bring it back. Bring back the kludgy. I'm bringing back kludgy. Um, so it was Jonathan that kind of brought you into the show yeah, first. Yeah, like off. I was, I and like I kept on saying like, People's statuses of like, oh my god, this show has me crying so hard. Like it I just mean, touches my heart. They're not wrong. Which is 
Surprising for you to say. I know. <laughs> I we will get into that. <laughs> I want to know was did you have a single tear? Yes, I I cried in the classic Chris Lord fashion. Uh, one tear coming down my left cheek. And then we have to get to my hatred of Antony. <laughs> Which God, let's let, let's start with our love of Jonathan. How about yeah, that? Like, and that's always the thing that always kind of makes me nervous. And, you know, I don't know if this is like internalized homophobia or what, but like, because I know they're like, they were working in the South and I see some of the places they go. And uh, Jonathan is never um, shy about who he is. Yeah. But especially in the time, I'm like, not in the sense of like wanting to down, I'm like always nervous. I'm like, I hope he's okay because yeah. like they go into some really red right-wing areas they do no they absolutely do and you know one thing i noticed too is that the first two seasons the two georgia seasons he is like presenting not traditionally masculine but like he he doesn't have quite as much of a beard going on he's not wearing heels and stuff it wasn't until season three they really kind of like ramped him up a little bit heels he's He's like he's in heels in every episode he's got the mustache twirl going on it's like even more fabulous and i was actually really happy to see that yeah and you kind of feel like that was a very strategic play on their part but i liked it because it was kind of establishing like okay we've gotten people unfamiliar with kind of queer culture accustomed to these guys now let's ramp it up a little bit well yeah for fuck's sake in the final episode of season three tan's wearing a harness i was like what wait a minute (laughs) Uh, maybe that's why michael b jordan started just wearing one randomly I don't know. Apparently it's become, well, Adam Rippon did it first. Well, a yes. gay man did it first. Always. Yeah. I would like to hear that Michael B. Jordan is gay, but you know. Yeah, I don't think we so. We can dream. I know. We, we can dream. We can dream. We can fantasize. But now it's becoming like a fashion thing. Which. I roll. I kind of get, don't kind of get. I, I don't it. think it looks good over clothes. Again, that's no. another thing where I'm like, why over clothes? Yeah, over the over the clothes thing doesn't really work. Like, I feel like when Adam Rippon did it, it was kind of incorporated into his clothes a little bit. Yeah. It, it felt like it was actually part of an ensemble. At the time you see it and you're just like, that's you're just wearing that over. That's, yeah, like, that's like a normal harness you're wearing over a sweater. I don't get it. I don't really get it when straight guys do it. That's a little bit weird for me. I just want to be like, do you know what that means? <laughs> yeah, it's like, are you, are you aware? Are you aware of the? Are you aware of the implications? Obviously, Tan was fully aware of the implications when he did it. Um, but I know some people who really don't like Jonathan. They find him really off-putting, and I'm sad for those people. They can't appreciate his majesty. I like. I get it. Like, it, I remember when I first discovered him for like Game of Thrones. Like, it took me a moment. I was like, wow, that's a lot. And then like, He's I kept lot. watching it. And I'm like, this is actually really funny. Yeah. But now I like am all about it. He's very disarming. I think that's what I like so yeah. much about him is that he is so over the top, but he is really good. Or at least he comes off as being really good about making people comfortable around him yeah. in what otherwise could be very uncomfortable situations because he's so much. Well, and I think he's 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 also it's part of like he. I think I've met queens like that who focus so much on themselves, but when he walks into a room, he's very much. Um, paying attention to other people in the room. Yeah. So I'm like, look at how fabulous I look. I'm just so good. Like he's like talking to other people. Yeah. While just knowing he's fabulous. He, he kind of like he's aware of the fact that he just draws an attention because his personality. Yeah. But then he immediately redirects it to somebody else, which then just makes him seem very very likable. Because like, yeah. again, he could just be this total scene stealer, but he really is all about engaging with the people around him. Just all these sweet rednecks in Georgia, and I love it. Kansas and then he just City. walks everywhere with with heels now. It's fantastic. I know. It's just, I, I love watching him interact with like the people's kids. Yes, so, those are my favorite moments. So cute with the kids. Um, and I always think it's really funny when they they go into like really blue collar areas, and like, um, for instance, the one or, um, and he has to do like, like. Well, like work, work instead of like doing hair and stuff. Oh, like, okay, yeah. Like for instance, like the um, the the one with the chicken shop. The chicken. Have you gotten to that one? I've seen all of them. The chicken. The barbecue. It's the two sisters. Oh, the Jones sisters. Yeah. Oh my god, that episode. And they they all have to like work the fast food stuff. Yeah. And like they're all like ah, <laughs> like it's really funny. 
That is one of my favorite episodes. That is the, that is the best episode of that season, hands down. Oh, it's so good. I it's thought so at least good. I thought so. Yeah, no, but I I love him. Like I don't. He's not one that I've like necessarily absorbed some of his lessons quite as much. Like I don't. I still paint as a groom the same way that I normally groom. For me, it's more about like the skincare stuff. Yeah, that's the stuff I need to be doing more often. Because you know we're getting to that age where we should probably watch our skin. You know, oh no, I'm brushing since, the balls of thirty. It's it's it's. You know. <laughs> Since it's happening not, in a matter of months. Neither of us really want to spend money on Botox. No, I just don't think either of us would look good with it. I also don't do enough drugs and Molly and all that stuff to need it. No, I barely even drink anymore at this point. I'm practically a nun. Yeah, I just I have, I have bags under my head that I'm trying to like get under control, but that's about it. Wait, what, do you, <laughs> what, what do you do for the bags though? What's just... sleep? Sleep. <laughs> what? I'm sorry, I don't understand. I don't understand the concept. That are a good mask, or they got those like those other sort of mask-like things where you they're just basically strips that you put under your eyes, yeah. and it kind of just tightens up the skin. Oh, okay. Uh, my friend Tanner was saying like preparation H apparently like under the eyes it's good for bags. I don't know. That's, I mean, I don't if know you want to do it the janky ass way, I mean, but you know, if you find ways to make it work, you make it work. Yeah. I don't know. From watching Jonathan, apparently, just like pour honey over your face or something like that. I think that's something he did I at like, one point. I, I'm always about like naturalistic beauty products. I want to get more into those. They're just, you know, yeah. like I've you don't have to spend money on it or a lot of money. No, like I've switched to using, um, like the, the lush natural deodorant. Yeah. I have, I have really gotten into natural deodorant lately. It's really and good. Actually. It has actually, I used to, when I was a teenager, like growing up and stuff, I always had this problem where I wouldn't be hot, but I would like just get these giant pit stains. Oh, same. Absolutely and I would same. be like, I don't know why. And so we would try like the clinical kind. We would try 50 different kinds. And then I started pulling away. I like read something on like aluminum and yeah, you want to avoid deodorant. aluminum. And yeah, and so I was pulling away from that, and I found this brand called Everyman. They're not paying us. I'm just yeah. this is the brand I like, and I like the scents and stuff. And then I didn't realize I was like, oh, this stuff works really well. And I looked at it, and it's all 100 percent natural. Yeah, and I, it was like, oh, and it's so much more under control that way. Like I don't. I've also heard you could use lime for deodorant. Really. Mm-hmm. Oh, like cut up a lime and then. Oh, I might I might try that at some point just out of out of curiosity. But I think but the I problem don't... is I would always smoke a margarita, <laughs> <laughs> and that's dangerous for me. It's very dangerous. Just put it on your body and then put it in. Yeah, your right. And then just salting too. It's all bad. But no, yeah, I, I use the like the the lush natural stuff, and it's like fifteen bucks for a, like a, a bar. But that bar will last me for months. Yeah. And it's like my shirts aren't stained anymore. And like, I also, I just, I feel like I'm not getting like the pools under my armpits yeah. the way I used to. And that, I mean, again, that's something they've ever talked about in that show. There's something we just do, but yeah. it works really fucking well. I think like the more natural stuff you can do, just the better off you're going to be. Cause like, what a shock. Our bodies don't react well to all these weird fucking chemicals we put over ourselves all huh. the time. They work well to the natural order of things. Yeah. It's so much better than that. Um, but that's as far as I'll go. I'm not going vegan. <laughs> I, you know what, I, uh, I would, I, is there such a thing as vegan curious? Can we, can we call that, a, that a thing? Like, well, okay. Part of it too, is that at my old job, I was having to do a shitload of research on like agriculture and farming and the production of chickens and stuff. And just like the, the data that I've read and the videos that I've seen, the photos I've seen are like whole food industry on like the animal side of things is so fucking horrible. It was enough for me to like consider what it would be like to have that in my diet, like maybe to try to shift away from that. Or like I will now, if there is a good vegetarian option, I will go for it. Like I've been eating a lot more impossible burgers recently because they're really, really good. And also too much red meat's not a good thing necessarily. I'm also allergic to certain certain types of soy. So Same. Yeah, exactly. That's where I run into a problem. Which is slightly problematic. Um, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Also, I'm loving the, like, it's a holiday week. Like, it's a holiday Monday. Why is there a garbage truck outside my window right now? Yeah, I thought they get paid to, like... I mean, you know what? Good on them. They're getting holiday hours. Yep. Good for them. That's great. Uh, um, yeah, I haven't really incorporated a lot of Jonathan's stuff, necessarily. I think mostly it's been in my wardrobe that I've been trying to make some changes. You go to Billabong a lot now? The Billabong? Isn't that where he goes? What is it? Billabong? Bonobos? Bonobos. <laughs> Billabong? No, that was, I mean, that that was been, young Chris. That would have been one young Chris. That also would have been like old queer, like, all right, we're going to take you down to Pack Sun and we're going to find you some fresh threads. Like, no, oh, I'm not wearing Pac-Sun. Billabong, okay? 
I haven't owned a billabong swimsuit in a long time. I don't wear logo tees. Bonobos? Bonos? Bonobos. 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 Like the monkey. Like the super horny monkey. Bonobos. <laughs> I know there's one near us. There's one on La Brea, but I haven't actually gone to it. But no, I've been um, shopping a lot more at Top Man. Oh, that's pricey, though. Kind of. It's not that bad. Um, I, I think, I don't know about you, but I'm like a weird size. I'm like kind of a schmedium. No, because if they start working out, I fill out a medium a lot better than I... Okay. Like, I know what you mean, though. Yeah, because, like, I, I have kind of a, a broad torso, but more, like, narrow arms. And so, thank you, Tan, I just started rolling my t-shirt sleeves. Or, like, it works a lot better. This is all stuff I learned in GQ. Except for that stupid French talk. Yeah, I don't get that French talk thing. But I don't read JQ. I'm, um, I'm a heathen. I don't really get much from it other than emotion. <laughs> There's like, there's no... Can feel something for the day. You're, you're not uh, picking a lot, a lot of food tips from Anthony. Oh, sweet Jesus. You know what? I mean, I don't even know how to respond to that. I think, I think Anthony just needs to, needs to get some school. I saw him do... There is a... Um, there is a YouTube series. It's this uh, like influencer chef who does the brings celebrities on mm-hmm. and does this. She she's called the back the back to back chef. Okay. And so her thing is that it, she instructs people how to cook while they're like right behind her. Okay. So they're making the same thing, but she's instructing as she's cooking it. Okay. Um, Anthony was on one. Oh, that was. Let's just say all the ingredients got in the pan. <laughs> Look, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt that he actually does know stuff about food. I think he was at his worst in season one when pretty much all he ever did was suggest avocados. He knows how to mix some nuts you know, to that, make a lovely little cocktail hour thing. Uh, that was the worst one. I was like, actually, it's literally just nuts. I thought the worst one was the one at the end where he's like, you know what I like to do at the end of a nice dinner party? Bring out some coffee. It's a subtle way to let your friends know oh. that it's the end. I'm like, everyone does that, Anthony. His queer eye tip. Everyone does that. I, I'm going to give him the credit so that wasn't his suggestion to do that segment. It's because probably because he didn't know much to give as tips. So they were like, please I, do something. I feel like they have shifted away from having him make as much stuff. I don't know. Like, what I think is interesting is a lot of stuff now he'll like ask him like, what do you like to make? What do you want to make? Or like, what was like a dish you grew up with? And I'll help you like learn how to do that better. Like, I think they seem to have absorbed some input from their, the way they call their heroes a little bit more, which I think is helpful. Cause otherwise it's just like, here's some avocado. They, they definitely at the end of it, like basically stop being shy of the fact that he does not know how to fully cook these like giant meals that he said he did in the season for season. And my favorite thing is he'd be like, yeah, we're going to make like, filet mignon and he would be like first you prepare it like this and would like the camera would cut away and then come back he's like ah and it's all finished and we'll just show him taking it out of the oven i'm like where's the where's the rest of the cooking well so i agree with you i agree with all these things but i i will say that i think part of the reason why his segment often feels like the least useful is you can't really get anything from just looking at someone who has food made right like you can you know you can actually get some grooming tips from Jonathan because he's like, he, you see what he does in terms of how he cuts people's hair, what he does in terms of beards. With Tan, you see the fashion changes, the house or the whatever dwelling they're in. You see the structural changes. You know, you can pick up on Karamo's telling them in terms of how to like adjust their life and their focus, their mentality. Like all those things you can glean something from. The only way you can really learn how to cook is to actually fucking do it. Like Anthony's it, just their eye candy. He kind of is. And look, he is pretty and he's very sweet. I mean, he's definitely on the top of my list. We'll get to. We're 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 gonna have a segment on that later. <laughs> but I'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt that I think his I think food is the hardest one to actually really get something from. I see that. Yeah. I think there, but I think there are like. Honestly, I think that would be better is like not showing them how to cook stuff, but one of the things I always find useful and I love is like I I am a huge Master Chef fan mm-hmm. because like it's all home cooks. And Gordon Ramsay like will be like, you're all making this lobster dish, and before we'll bring them up and we'll show them how to properly like cut up a lobster. Pro- yeah, like techniques and stuff would be much better. Like this is how you cut a vegetable. This is yeah, like how 
you like are supposed to like that is very useful because like even if you can't cook the thing like i find that like basic kitchen skills escape so many people no and i completely agree like i was actually talking with uh my brother and my sister-in-law this weekend about this because she's been watching the show and she absolutely loves it and so we're talking about how great it is but you know she was saying that you know, a lot of these cooking shows, they're just teaching you to do a recipe, but my brother even acknowledged, like, most people don't know have know how to do the really basic stuff. Yeah. And I'm watching Queer Eye, I'm thinking, what would actually be useful is don't teach them how to make, like, one appetizer they can make, like, twice, and everyone's like, oh, do you well, have anything you know else? Well, because you they're going to bring that date. Every date that comes home, they're going to make that one meal. That's all they got. And then the one time, one of them will be friends, they're going to be like, oh, did he make the, like, avocado toast for you, too? Yeah. Yeah, how'd you know? It's like, all you got. <laughs> yeah. It's like, look, I think everyone's capable of making, like, one fancy dish. I've talked about this before. I can make a really good chicken piccata. I can make a really good Bailey's creme brulee. Those are both impressive things. The rest of my cooking skills are pretty shit. Like... I think will be far more useful is to teach people how to do a lot of the basic stuff. It's like, you know, for people who are struggling to eat healthy, here's how to shop for good, healthy stuff. Like here's the things you should be buying that are better choices. And on a budget. And on a budget. Yeah. It's like, here's where to go to get the good stuff you need. Here's like the way to like stretch like nutritional value of what you're eating. Here's how to do meal prep. Like, Here we go, Anthony. We've fixed your entire segment. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and look, and again, it's not entirely his fault. Part of this is the story producers, but it's like, but also at the same time, Teaching, like, every week teaching them how to do meal prep isn't very, like, visually interesting. Like, they still want to have something that, like, looks good but on a plate, and that's, But it helps, you know. though, too, because, like, half these people are like, I'm just too busy to do, to cook, so yeah. it's all microwave shit. Like, it's like, no, like, actually, like, learning to do, like, meal prep that's quick and easy and, you know. Yeah, that's, like, the most valuable thing you could be teaching them to do. It's, like, for every other segment, it's here are ways to fit these better habits into your life. And for food, cooking, it's, like, Here's a thing you can make twice, basically. Yeah. So it's, it's, he's, I think, hamstrung a little bit by having the most difficult segment. I think they, I think they like, they keep him on for the eye candy, but they're still trying to figure out what exactly to do with him. Yeah. And he, he gets some, he's funny sometimes. (laughs) Just, (laughs) just, just dead air. Absolutely dead air on that. Uh, I also want to talk about, I feel like, the underappreciated member of that group. I love Karamo. Oh, no. I don't think he's underappreciated. I think, oh, Billy? I think Bobby. Bobby. Pr- proving my point. <laughs> but, see, the only thing is, like, I, I think Bobby does, pun intended, the heavy lifting of the entire yeah. show. But at the same time, like, like t- talking about things you can take away from it, I'm like, I can't take away anything from that. I'm like, great. Bobby, can you come and redo my entire... Yeah, well, there are things you can take away from it. Uh, he, you know, was talking about how he likes to do dark colors low and light colors high to, like, draw... Wait, I have it backwards. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> there's something... Hmm, there's something about the positioning of dark and light colors so that it draws your eyes up and makes the space feel bigger. I want to say light was, colors make the space feel bigger. Dark colors. Yeah, I think it, it was like smaller. dark colors low, light colors high. I Probably. think it was like his go-to thing. But you can because I'll watch him and be like, oh, okay, I get what he's doing in terms of aesthetic. I can see where like I get I me. Mean, the problem is he's like shopping at like Pottery Barn and West Elm and all these places. You're just like, well, and yeah, and just like they're doing like six-figure remodels. Oh yeah. That I mean, this show is paying for all of it. I mean, that's the same for all those home reno shows, though. Like, that's what my mom loves those shows, and I cannot fucking stand them. <laughs> I cannot fucking stand them because, again, it's like, it's oh, we're gonna try and shop between these three houses, but in reality, we've actually picked the one we've already bought because we had to do all the like approvals and paperwork and stuff, and we're just gonna go pick two other random places and pretend like we're considering to buy them. Yeah, and none of those people are good actors. It all looks terrible all the way they're doing it. I've one thing I've had to learn, and Queer Eye didn't teach me this, is just um, placement of things. Like sometimes yes. when I move into a space, sometimes I will just put stuff where it seems like it will kind of work, and then I'll just leave it that way, and I won't think about rearranging it, and yeah. it'll kind of get set in that way. But I'll like come to like hate my living space because I'm like I don't like how this is all set up, but I yeah. won't like. Think about moving shit. No, because you're like, well, this is just how it is. There is some truth to feng shui. No, there is. Like, uh, my friend Jason right now is like completely re not remodeling, but he's rearranging his living room. And I keep going over there, and he like he's a big nerd like us. He's got tons of these like really beautiful like posters and artwork, and he wants it all up. I'm like, no. If you put too much shit on the walls, the space is gonna feel really, really, really small. 
like things need room to breathe a little bit. Like if you have like every single square inch of a wall covered in like disparate posters and disparate frames, it's going to feel a little bit juvenile because it doesn't have the foresight of being like, what, what actually makes it look nice? It makes it look like it's cohesive and flowing. Yeah, we're, I'm about to rearrange my apartment space. It's good to do sometimes. I was just like, I'm like, I don't like this. Yeah, it's good to be like, okay, this isn't working. Where can we move some stuff around? Like, you know, I mean, you've been, I remodeled, not remodeled, I redid my living room. I got rid of a couch. And all of a sudden, like, it feels so much bigger. I moved my desk over. I have room for a dining table now. It's like, oh, right. It's little things go a long way. Ours just doesn't feel homey. It's not even like a matter of like making it big or small. Yeah. You just feel, I don't know. <laughs> Rearrange it. Gonna just, do it. Just pick a weekend and start just moving, just start moving shit around, you know? Gotta find time. Buy a couple bottles of wine. <laughs> Basically. Yes. Move stuff around. Watch as the productivity level diminishes. Yep. At some point, be like, oh, that's exhausting. Take a nap on the couch. Wake up at 9 p.m. Yeah. It's like, damn it. The entire living room, half finished. <laughs> oh, fuck it. We'll finish it tomorrow. Let's go out. <laughs> but no, I, I think Bobby's underappreciated. Uh, I think he's really good at what he does, too. But yes, Karamo is my favorite. Yeah. I like his inspiring talks. He's just, he's got such a really healthy perspective on things. I think he's really good at getting people to become a little bit more aware of their own like mental blocks and what's holding the back. And then, um, you know, helping them move forward a little bit. I want to be that positive all the time. I know, right? I'm like, I'm like, why can't I be like that all the time? Like, that would be great. I know. We're just so cynical and bitchy. I know. I mean, I don't know. Do you find that when you watch stuff like this that is very positivity-focused, you start being a little more positive yourself, starting thinking a little more positively, yeah. being a little more nice? And Not that you're not already nice, but like just putting that energy out in the world. I feel like that it does carry through a little bit. Yeah, I do feel like very good about like myself when I'm done watching it. I'm like, oh, I feel good. Like This is a good, good day. I feel yeah. very positive about things that right? I probably shouldn't. Well, I mean, <laughs> you can still, whatever. Like, I, I think it's... The show is so much about, you know, here's how you can feel good about yourself now. If you're not feeling great about yourself, here are things you can do to feel better about yourself and then carry that through. Yeah. You know, like that's something that's something that I've kind of always tried to do, but the show has reinforced it in terms of like, you know, how I dress. Like I always want to walk out of the house feeling like I am put together and composed. Like I will rarely go without doing my hair. I know you've told me it looks good down. I don't like it down. I prefer it up. But like, I I don't even I own like two hoodies. I don't like wearing hoodies outside. Even it just makes me feel juvenile. It just makes me feel kind of juvenile and young. Mm. Like I, that's why when got a bomber jacket, like oh I feel much more adult. I feel much more composed, and just like put together. And if you feel that way when you approach situations, you'll bring that with you, and it works so much better. Yeah, I don't. Know, don't you feel that way? Where it's like with the days when you like, you know, you just like you're random. Like you know what? I'm just gonna like dress a little bit nicer than normal today. Like don't you just like feel good? Like feel really positive. I mean, sometimes. Do you ever just like randomly want to wear a suit and just do it? Not really. See, I love that. It's only because like I like I do really like the suit I own, but like every time I'm like, especially in California weather, like I'm just like I'm like this is a good idea, and literally 15 minutes later, I'm like I am dying in this suit. Yeah. Why did I think this was a well, good idea? It helps if you're like gonna be inside when you do it. I I have that positivity all for the first half hour of the day, and then oh. probably by the time like after lunch, I'm like, <sighs> oh no, see, I'm all about it. I used to just randomly do that at work. I just like basically one day just wear a suit without a tie just because I wanted to do it. I mean, I do like buying nice new clothes and wearing those out, but yeah, I don't know. It's just I like it. I don't know. I That's like. It's fine. I, just, I feel You're good also about like myself. a James Bond fan, so I get, oh, the, I my get God. Like, that aspect of it. Well, that's too. part of where my love of suits comes from. Yeah, but it's like there's something very satisfying, like walking in, like you're at work, take the blazer off, hanging up in your little space or whatever, just like do the roll the sleeves up to the, well, to the Italian fold. Always go Italian fold, and just like you just feel good, you know. Maybe wear a vest just for the hell of it. I swear to God, if you say a fedora, I'm gonna kick you. No, I don't look good. I don't look good in hats. I don't look good in hats. I don't wear hats. No one should be wearing a fedora in this day and age. No, I don't wear a fedora unless I, you're over eighty. No, I I already have a douchey quality to my presence. I don't need to kick it up a notch by wearing a fucking. No one fedora. likes them now. Sorry, straight men. No, just no, no one. And occasionally they'll put men in a fedora on queer. I'm just like, don't do it. 
I've seen it. I'm like, oh, no. Also, I just don't like hats. I don't like wearing hats. You don't have a head for hats? No, well, one, I don't. I have a gargantuan head, which doesn't help. I like baseball caps every once in a while, but that's about it. Okay, so I have found myself being weirdly emotionally invested in this show. I, I always joke about it that I'm like an emotionless robot. Like, nothing makes me cry. Yeah. I'm constantly proving myself wrong because, like, I'm now, like, like I think I, something broke in me a few years ago, and now, like, I can actually... Did you actually, remove a brick and the entire building is slowly I think that's basically what it did. Yeah, like, the my wall of, like, my emotional barrier was basically, like, this <laughs> massive Jenga tower. And just slowly, I was, like, pulling out little bits here and there, and eventually the whole thing came crumbling down because now, like, I... It actually, like, does work. Like, I do find myself watching this show and just, like, a moment will hit me. And, look, it's it's geared to have that sort of emotional impact. I think mean, it's part of the reason it's so yeah. good. Is it? It's good because it is telling a story. It's telling a story. It's getting you emotionally invested in the people that they're helping. You want them to succeed. You want them to do better. With shows like this, I'm always, like, I want to see, like, the six months later. I agree with that. I, I'm always curious to see how much this actually carries through. Yeah. Like... Great, they're keeping it up now, and they might do it for like a week. But like, put us in six months later, when there's been some time. Yeah, do people actually still follow through on these things? Yeah, yeah, you get the sense that you can kind of tell the ones that will probably keep doing this stuff, and the ones that won't. Yeah, a little bit. It, I think it kind of depends on it's like how deep of a like an emotional hole they dug themselves in before the crew shows up, or like yeah. what's their emotional hook. Like, I mean, some of them, it's like. You know, the guy who didn't graduate from college and has been lying about it. And you're like, his, yeah. his lifestyle is really not going to change. And you see other ones where it's really about them trying to do something for somebody else. They're doing it for their family, for a loved one. You're like, oh, I think they'll actually carry this through a little bit. I think it's ones like, it's like the church episode and then oh. with like the barbecue restaurant. I know the church, oh. rest, the so, church episode is the best one. Yeah, so I, I, took, I basically listed all the episodes that I had some sort of like emotional event. <laughs> they're, 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 they're an event because they are still fairly rare. Um, but of course, uh, God bless gay. That episode just fucking wrecked me. Like, when, <laughs> like Bobby is opening up about how he had to turn his back on religion because it wasn't there for him. And like, look, I'm sure the producers are like, okay, when we get to the church, don't go inside because that'll be like this really like, intense emotional moment but even if it was like manufactured it fucking worked on me i was like poor bobby he won't go inside because he hates church so much i mean i think it's a feeling a lot of gay people can relate to i don't know if i i've never been that kind of person where i'm like i'm not going to step inside a church again but yeah. i'm like i will be the one that sits in the back i'm like great enjoy yourselves and they're like come on get in i'm like no yeah it's like we're doing communion i'm good yeah i'm good i brought my Pass own the wine back <laughs> yeah yeah exactly. when you're done. <laughs> Also, those crackers, weirdly delicious. Yeah. They shouldn't be that good. They shouldn't. They really shouldn't. No. I don't know why. <laughs> or maybe it's just your... Every time I took communion, I always left it being like, can I have more, please? Yeah, can I get a little little bit more of that? Because most of the time, we didn't eat breakfast till after church, so I was See, starving. I think that's exactly it, though. I don't think the crackers, the wafers, whatever the fuck you want to call them, or the wine is that good. It's that moment you're just so desperate for like any sort of like sustenance. You're like, this is basically like... Torn off piece of cardboard dipped in some like mildly fermented grape juice, but it's the greatest thing I've ever had. The man I've been, yeah, exactly. Because I've been sitting here for like two fucking hours and I want to be done with this. I seriously hope that like Catholic churches and stuff get Manischewitz because it basically is that. Yeah. Oh, Manischewitz. Oh, Manischewitz. But no, like some of these episodes like really, really got me. Um, I, I wrote them down here. Uh, oh, to gay or not to gay? Is that the trans one? No, that's the one with the guy who hadn't come at yet to his stepmom. Uh, the guy who was like yeah. the super nerdy guy who was jacked as fuck. Oh yeah. And who had like a hardest and they're like, Oh, she's got a kinky side to her. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, Oh my God. Like just don't even wear it. Like your wardrobe just shouldn't include shirts anymore. Yeah. It's so ripped. Oh, uh, I know those unsuspecting bastards. You're just like, you look at them like, Oh, they're probably in nice shape. It's like cheaty on good place. It's like, my God, man, look at that chest. <laughs> Where has that been? Lose those turtlenecks. Yeah. with those oversized shirts. <laughs> I know, right? No, but like that one definitely did it for me. Um, oh, one, it, the episode's called Camp Rules, but it's the one with the the family. I'm pretty sure this is one with the, like the, the family that had four kids. 
I want to say, and the husband and wife never had a proper wedding. Yeah, that one was that one. That was one cute. really got me. I think that was the one where the husband had a whole bunch of his dad's, his like father had passed away, a whole bunch of his clothes still, and they made a quilt. Yeah. They made a quilt out of mm-hmm. it, and they left the quilt on the coffee table with a note, and he showed it to uh, his mom. And I'm just like, I'm watching this thing. I'm just single, single bro tier. What's crazy is it starts out like I can feel the emotional wave cut on, like come on, and then I can feel like the the tears welling up slightly. Then there's a delay, like it needs just enough time to like accumulate and like puddle out, and then it just like it just it's like it's like it's a dripping faucet. It just builds up and then just your slowly, eyes are so dry slow. from your years of having no feeling <laughs> that it has to accumulate. It has to build up. I need like three. I need like three near cry moments in a row, and then a, finally a tear can roll out. My question now is. Uh, were those emotional reactions to that episode, or was that buildup from the past four episodes? I mean, so I, are you actually crying to like three episodes prior to the one you actually had a tear for? I, I, I think <laughs> I think the show in general puts me in an emotionally vulnerable moment, and then they just like they just like spike at me. It's like boom, and now we got you. It's like oh, like the poor kid who was like thought he couldn't go back to church because he's gay and he didn't think his family would welcome him. He's right back there. He's in church. He's being welcomed. Bring on the tears. <laughs> It's just oh, or the um, yeah, the trans episode. Like when they start out with showing the top surgery. That episode made me realize how precious top surgery is for yeah. uh, trans men. Yeah, you know, because it's so many surgeries and stuff go into it, mm-hmm. and that it's just like so expensive overall that like I just kind of looped it in with other surgeries. Yeah. So and like kind of like etching to like the completion of being your true self. But like, I that's where I kind of like, I got really teary eyed during that episode. I'm like, that's what it must feel like. Yeah. I understand now. <laughs> well, you know, I, mean, I, I think, I think anyone can look at themselves and not be necessarily love what they see in terms of their body. But it's, that's an entirely different experience looking at yourself and going like, this is the wrong body. Yeah. Like my body is actually holding me back from being seen as the person I want to be seen as. It was funny during that episode, though, when, like, they kind of, like, read him for, like, having too many gay pride flags. Because I'm like, I've seen that apartment oh, yeah. multiple times. Oh, yeah. It was just like, all right, I'm out. Rainbows everywhere. Like, I don't need my apartment to look like a pride parade. No. Yeah. Because that that was a space where they walked in. like, ooh, that's even, that's a lot of gay it's in that lot, room for me. It's a lot of gay. Yeah. I'm glad they, like, they found a nice balance to the whole thing. But you know that one was sweet too because you know even his perspective on wanting to change the space it wasn't really about him it was like well how can this be set up so that it's really accommodating so people have a place to go yeah and it's like that's just such a sweet way of looking at it it's like this is my home but really it's the home to so many people who need a place yeah I do find it I do find it really funny though um, like you had said previously about like there are one or two episodes where you can tell that the person is just not feeling it yeah I'm like. I'm like they. I'm like the the crew is trying so hard. Yeah, they're they're trying really hard. Like I, I don't know if there's any bad episodes necessarily, but there are ones that you just are kind of like passive towards. You're yeah. just like I'm just not really because in- it doesn't feel like they're making a big effect on their life. No, and not for the lack of them trying. Yeah, it's more of like the other person just feels so resistant to the change. Yeah, that it's kind of like, like like you said, I felt like the one that was like kind of like the college bum that like had like the really scuzzy apartment and stuff yeah like, after it got cleaned i felt like i'm like he's gonna go back to doing all that he's gonna go right back to it yeah or there, there was one with like um like the really nerdy guy who was living with his sister and like they took him to go to like an anime club meeting sort of thing yeah and you're just like oh this kid's not gonna like talk to any of these yeah I talked to any of these people. Like there, there are definitely some moments that feel a little bit manufactured. Like uh, there was one with the stand-up comedian, where oh, yeah. and like, look, he like definitely felt improved at the end of it, like his confidence up. But then there was that girl who like started talking to him, and they're like making out a little bit in the bar, and you're like that feels just a little bit staged. Or even that super nerdy kid. There was like one girl who's like chatting with him a little bit. So obviously, the producer's like hone in on that, make it seem like there's like some potential there. It's like he might actually you know get a girl at some point. We've both clearly seen behind the curtain of entertainment. I think that's, that, that's part of it too. It's like, this is all so structured. It's also like edited after the fact, but you know, I think a lot of it does 
work really well though. Like you're talking about the Jones sisters episode. Yeah. Like that, that moment where they go in and they, they fix her two front teeth so she can smile again. Not that she can, but she feels comfortable smiling. Like even the way, for sure it was Jonathan was talking to her about it. It was like, look, you like, you clearly love to smile, love to laugh. You're not doing it. And like, we just want to make you feel like you can be yourself and be so expressive. And like when they're in the dentist's office and she sees her teeth for the first time, it's like, that just it broke my fucking heart. Oh yeah. It was, that episode was, was a pretty good, tearjerker it's it's just so and it's so good to just again they have such a great story and like i did look them up afterwards and there's been a whole bunch of articles been like what's happened to jones sisters now and like they're seeing a lot of success and people are showing up at the restaurant and like taking selfies and they're bought like their sauce i mean i wanted to go after watching all that i really wanted to go too the episode made me was emotional and also made me super hungry. Oh, Jesus Christ. I know. That barbecue looked so I good. Like, oh, my God. I know. I've never wanted to go to Kansas City before in my entire life. And I'm like, I kind of want to go there yeah, just to go meet the Jones sisters and try their barbecue. Road trip. It's, it's really good. But, I, I mean, I think I'm glad that this show exists. And, again, like, I wasn't aware enough of the original Queer Eye when it was on to have picked up on the cultural significance of it. Yeah. But I'm, I'm a little more aware of it now and again like i'm watching this and thinking like oh there are definitely people who are living in those areas who are in georgia or in kansas city who are watching this who are seeing themselves in the quote unquote, like the heroes like the the stars individual episodes but then are seeing the value of what the fat five are bringing and like finding those empathy points with them yeah um you know it's like i was super excited like again like i said my sister-in-law had been watching the show we were talking about a whole bunch and i want to like I keep trying to get my parents to watch more gay stuff and <laughs> it's, it's an up, not it, happening. I will tell you it is an uphill battle, but you will find that one thing and like, and it'll be something that you're not really like, it'll catch you off guard. Yeah, I know they'll, they'll find it at some there's, point. There's always like, I always find there's like something that ends up clicking at a certain point. Yeah. And like for my mom, it was that like, like her, uh, her friend's son was going to be on Drag Race. So they have been having viewing parties. And now my mom is talking to me about watching Pose. I'm like, this is not the way I thought you were going to be getting into this stuff. But it's great. amazing. I'm yeah, like, I'm on board it. with this. That's so crazy. Like, if anything, getting into the like drag in the ballroom country is like base level. Like, you're going to be more knowledgeable than most moms. Yeah. Like, She's more knowledgeable than me now at this point. Yeah. <laughs> you've been trying to get everyone, you've been trying to get other gays to watch Pose for forever, and it's your mom that ultimately did it. And you didn't even try on her. It's yeah. incredible. I was like, I was, I was just like, oh, like you should check out. Like she just knew that I really liked the show. Yeah, and I was, and I think just because like my mom has always been someone who loves drag. Yeah, my mom always like it's Hamburger Mary's is her favorite bar in West Hollywood. I mean, because drag is so. Much I've fun. tried taking her other places. I'm like, there are other drags. She's like, but I want to go there. I was like. I mean, bless her heart. She knows what she likes. Yeah. And I guess, like, the the change, the difference is, is that, like, when you're at the Abbey and stuff, you don't see the drag queens roll in half in drag yeah. with their suitcase. Right, which yeah. Which is what my mom, for whatever reason, loves seeing. It's the peak behind the curtain. Yeah. She's so excited about it. It's like, I want to see them in their, like, normal element. What's the transformation look like? Yeah. What's that, like, half done? Yeah. <laughs> I want to see it partially deconstructed. And it's, it's just, it's funny just getting text messages about like updates on her thoughts about RuPaul's Drag Race. Really? Yeah. Oh my God. Because it's like, God. it's like conversations I've never had with her. Yeah. So just like hearing her kind of like politely talk about how one of the queens is a giant bitch. <laughs> or like, wait, wait. I don't like this one because they just super mean. I'm like. Has she started like seeking out information beyond the show? Is she on RuPaul Drag Race Reddit? I don't think not to. yet. Not yet. I like I, I think we'll see what happens after this season is finished. Like I'm curious if she'll want to watch another season yeah. and go back. Or like how how it'll evolve. Where it goes to next. Yeah. People have been saying like this last season hasn't been very good. I've actually it. liked this season. Okay. I don't know. It's what people people keep talking it's about. It's a lot it. more there's a lot more drama this season, so I think it's a it's a much better season than the past few. The past few have been very like Let's educate people on gay culture, like, and blah, blah, blah. And it's got, what idiot little, would do that? It's gotten a little bit too informational, which definitely felt like because of the move to VH1, they mm-hmm. were doing that. Like, you didn't have to do that explanation on Logo. Like, yeah. Logo was a gay network. Like, they knew who their audience was already. So right. with VH1, they had all these moments where, like, the queens are like, so, so-and-so, um, we hear you're positive. What was that like? 
And it's like clearly a line that like it's been fed to them, fed to them, and like it is just kind of like goes through this whole thing. I'm like, okay, I get it. But other people who watch VH1 may not get it, right? Let's stir up some shit here. But now they, I think they've gotten past that a little bit now. Okay, so the drama has ensued this season, which has been oh, a nice okay change of pace. <sighs> I keep saying I'll sit down. I think queen wise, it's a little drama wise, it's great. I think as far as the kind of diversity of like the types of queens and looks and stuff. Yeah. It's a little bit bland. Okay. Well, I will admit that a lot of pageant girls this season. Okay. Ugh. I will admit that because of queer, Eye, I'm more open now to unscripted TV. Like I found myself missing it when I went away from it. Like I, I would go and watch something narrative and I'd just be like, I don't really want to deal with like the the baggage of the narrative right now. I yeah. just kind of want to watch something that I'm emotionally invested in and find entertaining. Um, so I started watching a little bit of uh, comedians in cars getting coffee, which is very oh, yeah. a very different beast. But I still like it because when it's cars, and I do love cars. And Jerry Seinfeld's got all them cars. Well, I mean, all the ones in the show aren't even his. Those are just, oh, he, oh yeah, that's right. He he I, borrows he them. Says he borrows. He them. like borrows and rents them and that sort of stuff. Um. But I mean, what I like about it though, it's like it's involved characters is great, but you know, it's just two people having a conversation. It's like it's basically a visual podcast, more or less. Yeah. And we know me, I love my podcasts. But I'm I'm now more open to it, so maybe when the next season of Drag Race starts, I'll actually try. There's to some watch there's along. some good gay reality TV, such as um, well, Drag Race for yes. one. I tried to watch the like they did the gay version of The Bachelor. Oh yeah, that was mm. okay. Mm. What's the other one I watched? I don't, I don't remember. Yeah, but I, I'm I'm more open to this. I'm I don't. Not, it's funny because like it, RuPaul's Drag Race has like such a presence that yeah. some of the other ones I watch I don't even think about. Yeah, they're like they're that much more background for you. Yeah. yeah, it's just stuff that I put on like because I'm cleaning or just yeah, you just want something on in the background. Yeah. So before we end here, I do want to play a game. <gasps> want to play a game? I want to play a game. <laughs> so. The classic game, whenever you're trying to like evaluate a group of people, is fuck, marry, kill. Oh. We have five. We have five okay. people. So I've expanded the categories. Okay. It is fuck, marry, kill, fight, and drinks. Oh, God. So of the five, you have to decide who you would want to fuck, marry, kill, get in a fight with, and go out and have drinks with. Um, I'd fuck Karamo. Okay. I'd hang on. Let's wait for this obnoxious motorcycle. This is really important podcasting. I don't want to. Lo- I don't want to lose any of it to my obnoxious neighbor with a motorcycle across the street. And we're waiting. We're waiting. Holding for sound. And she's gone. Okay, so you're gonna fuck Karamo. I would fuck Karamo. I would marry Jonathan Van Ness. Okay. Because I feel like that would be consistent fun mm-hmm. like in the best sense yes um i would kill anthony okay cannot stand anthony um i would have drinks with bobby okay and then what was the last one? Oh, oh i'd fight fight you fight tan, <laughs> fight tan. Fight tan. <laughs> just out of out of sheer like that's the that's the only one left right okay i like that that's a pretty good it's pretty good I feel like I would get into a very, it would be a very fun gay fight with Tan. Like there would be no fists. It would be yeah. a lot of slapping. Okay. Like start out with just like really sharp barbs. Yeah. And then let it progress from there. And then, uh, you bitch. And then I would just go into like slap fighting. Okay. I like this. All right. I, I got to think about, I, I had originally just done the three and then I expanded the category. I didn't actually in my mind prepare myself for this. So I'm having to figure it out on the spot. Okay. Um, let's see. I would... Okay, I would fuck Jonathan. He's not really my type, but I feel like there'd be a great story there. Yeah, I feel like it would be fun though. I think it'd be very, I think it'd be very fun, and a really good story would come out of it. I feel like I'd be laughing a lot through the whole thing, and yeah. I, do, I do love some laughter in the boudoir. So I'd fuck Jonathan. I would marry Tan. Really? Yes. Oh wait. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. And Mary Tan. I really like Tan. Hmm. I really like Tan. Mary Tan. Um, I hate to be a cliche, but I probably would kill Anthony. 
I, with the avocado. Yeah. Oh, oh, I guess. Shit. This makes it complicated because I don't. I don't. Mm. Okay. I. Uh, I would really want to get drinks with Bobby because I feel like he has a very interesting story. Yeah. Which I guess that leaves me fighting with Karamo, which I don't want to do because I love Karamo. I love him so much. But at the same time, I feel like a fight with Karamo would be me trying to start a fight and then him like being the most graceful gentleman ever and like de-escalating it until eventually I'm just like crying into his beautiful broad shoulders. So it would start as a fight, but it, then it would be de-escalated. Yeah, very it basically like, okay, look, you got to go pick a fight with Karamo. I'd go in there and I'd try to do it and he'd be like, What's wh- what's what, really going? What's on? going on with you? Are you okay? Like I'm just I don't know you, but like you're bringing all this negative energy, and I feel like you're going through something right now. Let's talk about this. Oh, that just reminded me randomly. Yes. Um. Actually, the th- big thing I did bring away from Queer Eye was the, and this is why I also said Jonathan Van Ness is always the one I listen to, mm-hmm. is to make time for self care. Yeah, that's I'm very really bad. Very very bad at like setting time aside for that because every time I felt like I would do it, yeah, I would have that moment where I'd be like, what am I not doing? Yeah. What am I not being productive with? Why am I not being productive? Blah, blah, blah. And so I wouldn't think of it as like taking care of myself. I would just think of it as me being lazy. Yeah. And so I've had to like condition myself to understanding that it's me taking care of myself for a little bit mm-hmm. instead of kind of getting to all these 30,000 things that yeah. I feel like I need to do. No, it's, it's incredibly important to take that time for yourself. And I think whenever you think about taking time for yourself, you're like, oh, either I'm being selfish because it means maybe you're like declining someone's offer to hang out or something like that to hang up by like just to be by yourself. Or like you said, it feels selfish, like, or it feels um, like you're being lazy. Yeah. And I, I think the key to it is find the purpose and the value in what you're doing. Yeah. So like if like sitting on the couch and just watching a half hour of TV actually does really help you unwind, make time for it. That's why I like having video game days. Yeah. Cause like, for whatever reason they make me feel productive, but I also don't do anything right yeah it's like you you're you're, it's not mentally tasking but it's you're mentally active like your video games is my legos where it's like i'm i'm doing something that's engaged my brain but it's not demanding Hmm? i need to get more legos oh my god there's so many legos i wanted to start doing puzzles again see puzzles is a great way to go too it's like puzzles all the time yeah just like something to make yourself feel active like i i came to realize before i moved and i was in a like a really frustrating living situation that i would avoid being home so i would get home super late and then go straight to bed and i found that i never gave myself enough time to turn off after uh. a day and so like i was never really off i was like constantly stressed out and as soon as i moved started living by myself again i realized like oh i actually really like having a half hour to like sit and watch a little bit of tv and it's just that mental exercise slows my brain down calms me down helps kind of cap off the day so that I'm picking up a new the next day, not just like constantly going and going and going. Yeah. And that, I mean, that means that I will like leave dinner or drinks a little bit earlier. or I might like turn down something if it means I'm going to be up super late. Cause I definitely want to have that time. And like, yeah, it, it's really, you're absolutely right. Like that idea of self care, doing something for yourself to make yourself feel better is very valuable and people just don't do it. Yeah. It's a great show. It's good. It does so many nice things for so many people. Uh. The gift that keeps on giving. I know. I, I want a new season. I want a new season now. This is funny on Netflix. It's always the things that you like the most that they take the longest to make. But here we are on like season 20 of this other show that no one gives a shit about. I know. I just hope it keeps going for a while. I'm sure it will. They'll milk it for a while. Yeah. One hopes. Yeah. It, they. I think they're... It seemed like the last few episodes that they're running out of people in that state. So I feel like they're going to have to move yeah, locations. Because they did two seasons in Kansas or in Georgia. They did one season in Missouri. Yeah. So maybe they'll do one more in Missouri and then move on to another location. Because it feels like that that's what ends up happening is that they kind of end up milking a certain area until like I can tell that some of the stories are a little bit of a stretch. Yeah. I'm like, mm, okay. <laughs> yeah. It's like they need to... Recover their cost basically on moving production to a location, like setting up a whole new space, yeah, and then be there long enough to make it worthwhile, but then also not like overstay their welcome and just start retreading the same stuff. Yeah, oh, it's a great show. Okay, so what's the next gay reality TV show I should be watching other, after Queer Eye? Other than other than RuPaul's Drag Race, I mean that's the, the I mean if that's the best answer, that's the best answer. If you have another answer, that'd be great. But if not, we can accept RuPaul's Drag Race. I mean Drag that's Race. the best answer I have off the top of my head. The only the only other thing I've been watching that's only gay because I 
like the men's is in it is um the men's is in it the men's is uh is <laughs> i have this weird soft spot for anything jersey shore related so i've been watching double shot of love with Vinny Vinny g and uh sorry Polly D. you're watching this because you like the men's is in it yes i like those two specifically i was not like a situation fan what I don't know, girl. Watch a Real Housewives of New York. Get some Nene leaks in your life. I refuse. <laughs> I feel like Drag Race my stepping stone to Real Housewives. And even then, I don't. I feel like I don't I, think I, I can do it. I will always say Drag Race because you're such a you're such a fan of drag that I'm like, you need to at least watch it. I will. I will watch it. I'm, I'm making this vow now. When the new season starts, I will watch it. Yay! When's the season end? Probably, I think this coming week is the finale. And then how long for the next one? I feel like they're just uh, constantly turning these things like out at this winter. point. Okay, good. So, yeah, so, because it doesn't come back until, like, the way they've been doing it has been, they've been doing All-Stars in, like, around a little bit after Christmas. And then okay. it goes through, like, January all the way until, like, now. Oh, so the next season will be an All-Star season? I think so. Maybe uh, they, they might change it. it up. Who knows? Okay, because I feel like it'd be better to not start an All-Star season because I won't know any of these yeah, bitches. you won't know any of them. Well, I'm going to go in. I've made the promise. I'm going to go in not knowing what the yes. hell is happening. It'd be f- so fucking frustrated. It's going to be great. Look forward to an episode on Super that. Super excited. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Gay at Four. The podcast is produced by Chris Lord and Jonathan James and edited by Chris Lord. Music by Chris Humans and Colin Diaz. Artwork by Cameron Dexter. Please subscribe and review on iTunes. Follow the podcast at Gay at Forward on Instagram and YouTube and at Gay at Pod on Facebook and Twitter. Got an idea for an episode? Send us an email at gayatforwardpod at gmail.com. Thanks and stay fabulous.